After 32 years, I came out of the closet as a gay Christian pastor. Finally, on the outside of that suffocating prison, I'm looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. It's not enough to become informed. We have to do something about the harm we're still witnessing within systems and spaces we've been loyal to for so long. It's time we become reformers. Hello everyone, welcome back to Confessions of a Reformer. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro. Uh, this is going to be a fun, different episode because it's no longer part of a series, and it's just me. So I'm going to be talking to you, just, it's just me and you, and I'm not talking about a specific subject in terms of like series that we've been doing, which is what 2023 has been in my podcast for most of the year. So I'm excited about just getting to just kind of sit down and have a chat with you. Uh, my main hope in this episode is I want to share a project that's been kind of on my heart and mind for a few years now. Maybe like many, many years, (laughs) but has only grown more and more pertinent and like compelling for me, especially in the last few years. So I want to talk about that. But before that, I also just want to level with you. As I'm recording this episode, I am sitting with my leg propped up in my downstairs living room because I sprained my ankle at a volleyball tournament a few days ago and I've never sprained my ankle before. So this has been a strange week for me. It's challenging and difficult to be unable to do all the things that I do regularly, like on a daily basis. Um, my biggest, one of my biggest losses here is like not being able to go on a walk. The weather is beautiful outside. It's sunny and cool and fall and there are leaves everywhere. And this is like probably my favorite time of year to be walking and I'm not getting to do it. So pity party for me there. But then also we've got a couple of flights of stairs in my house. So I'm on crutches and I've, you know, it's been a labor trying to get to the kitchen or the living room upstairs or whatever, get downstairs anyway. So that's just a background. It's not important other than (laughs) that's affected my state of of being. Um, And we're going to get past that. All right. So, um, also, shout out. This is again. I don't. I, I guess I want to just kind of take a different approach to my podcast episode by being a little bit more human and personal in this episode. So another thing I want to throw out is I've got a few people I want to thank for how I've been looked after um, in this injured state of mine. My sister Mika, who lives with she, a few of us, live together, right? She lives with me. She has made me breakfast and dinner <laughs> multiple times this week. Um, she just took off for Canada this morning, so um, her support will be felt. But she has just repeatedly like grabbed me things from upstairs and brought them down to me and just tended to me, which has been so helpful. And then Fox, my niece, who's four, she is such a peculiar human. She is has always been so attentive to people who are hurt or injured in any, in any kind of way. Like if she visual, visually can tell that you've been hurt, she like just all of a sudden is drawn to you and wants to help. It's so peculiar um, and sweet, right? And just such a hospitality and like caretaking, nurturing impulse that she has. So she has a few times, even though it's been embarrassing for her, told me, let me know if you need anything. And then she'll do her embarrassed tongue out of her mouth like I'm embarrassed thing. But she actually has helped me. She's like moved dishes from downstairs upstairs for me. She like went upstairs and grabbed something for me that she heard that I said I needed, but I didn't ask her to get directly. She did it anyway. Anyway, so like my niece has been so helpful in taking care of me. My buddy Marcus um, made me dinner the other night and then like 
meal prepped. Like, so I made a ton of the same meal so I could have it multiple times throughout the week. And that was just also really helpful. And I was really thankful for that. Um, and then my brother-in-law, Zach, as well, has like helped with a couple of different trips, <laughs> moving things for me. So there's that. And then also my neighbor, Danny, um, who just got married last weekend. It was the first gay wedding I'd ever been to. He found crutches for me. So anyway, just like, it's so, it's like a silver lining to this painful experience to have people around me who have practically and tangibly supported me and taken care of me. I'm like, man, this is frustrating and inconvenient, but also like is revealing how loved and supported and cared for I am, which is beautiful. And then also like my Instagram followers, you know, just on, on the, in the DMs have been really supportive and helpful with suggestions and checking in and whatever. So anyway, I wanted to throw that in there just in terms of like, that's like a little peek into my life that I don't really talk about a ton, but um, these are people I do life with and you know, I'm, I'm so loved and it's beautiful. Okay, so I want to write a, I'm gonna say this word and I don't want people to just check out because it sounds boring. Cause I think when I hear this, I probably get a little bored. <laughs> but I, I want to write a memoir of sorts. Um, so I know that sounds boring, but stick with me. Here's why. So growing up as a gay kid in evangelicalism, specifically in the 90s, right? That was a ride. That was an experience. And I have very particular details about that journey that I want to narrate and like provide a, like a, a narrative that helps like just kind of pull people into the experience and reveal what that was like. Um, so the, I, in my mind, currently what I'm envisioning is this memoir will have probably six seasons of my life the first one is we're going to start with me just falling in love with a, a guy for the first time and so that's going to be more of like a heart stopper type storytelling which is really fun and like light I mean some of it is not light but you know it's just like this innocent in the heart and mind of a 13 year old gay boy who's gone through puberty going through puberty and falling in love for the first time so there's that's this first season and then the second season, I want to get into like the first mystical experiences I started having with who I understand God to be. So I want to be very specific about some of that and like do the due diligence and taking the time of like telling that story and contrasting some things. And especially, you know, post deconstruction, like coming into that space, the narrative will be so different than any time I've told those stories before. So I think that's going to be an interesting take on all of this, but I do want to continue to like be honest and honor very real experiences I had <laughs> that are, you know, like I would probably say esoteric, like they're mystical in nature, like deeply spiritual. I would even maybe venture to say supernatural in some ways. Um, so that'll be an interesting part of the journey that I want to leave open for interpretation for the reader, but tell from my perspective what happened without trying to convince people, you know, how they're supposed to interpret it. So that'll be a fun challenge. And I think it's also just such an interesting season of my life. And then season three is going to go into me <laughs> moving to California and going to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, so that's going to be a journey in and of itself. And then season four is going to be going to be me falling from grace, getting kicked out of school, um, with the ways that everything went wrong <laughs> and like how painful and like get into specifics of the conversion therapy that I had to go through the different layers and iterations of it. So I think that's also going to have its own implicating commentary that I think will be really interesting. And then season five is going to be this weird like upswing of like 
You know in Hercules, the, Disney's Hercules, the cartoon, there's a song called Zero to Hero, and it's this montage where he's been this like dopey, weird kid to who he becomes this like superstar, like this hero, celebrity, like city defender, like, you know, Greek myth. And so this season five is going to be kind of my zero to hero era where out of the, you know, depths of being rejected and just depressed and (laughs) just not in a good place, all of a sudden repeatedly being promoted and experiencing an advancement and expanse of my voice, my impact, my influence, my platform, and it just keeps growing. And all the while through that, some mystical experiences will continue to be peppered throughout. And then culminating in season six, where, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back, I will come out as a result of the culmination of all of those mystical experiences. Uh, which is such a different take than what I've heard from the coming out stories, you know, out in the queer space. Um, and then, you know, taking on evangelicalism and deconstruction. And I'm not going to get into the, like, theology necessarily in that. I mean, maybe a couple of points will come up, but I mostly want to talk about the human experience, the social and psychological terrain of what that was like, um, which culminates eventually in me landing in Nashville. So that's kind of like the overarching trajectory of, like, what I want to tackle. Um, and so here, there are a couple aspects of this that I wanted to talk about in this episode. Um, and I, my hope in doing this episode was I wanted you guys just to get to know me a little better in this space. Um, this project matters to me a lot. And there are certain ways that I want to go about it for certain reasons. And I just kind of wanted to share that here because I'm hoping many of you listening here will be on this journey with me. So who knows? We'll see. But um, I wanted to at least like broach the conversation and know that I've experienced Sorry, that I've expressed myself here. Um, So I've been approached probably five or six times by different publishers to write a book, Um, which, fun fact, the latest publisher to approach me is HarperCollins, and that meeting was actually so cool, and I actually really want to work with that agent. Um, So who knows down the road what that'll look like, but um, my point in bringing that up is like every time I've like thought to tackle writing a book, it's always been overwhelming. It just feels like an insurmountable task that will never end. And I don't know if that's me being ADHD or, you know, like having imposter syndrome or if it's like a work ethic issue. I don't think it's that. Um, But like, it's always just felt like an impossible thing. And I'm like, God, people write books. (laughs) I know intellectually that I could. Emotionally, it just feels like I'll get buried. You know, it's like easy to start and difficult to continue and especially difficult to finish. Um, so as I think about this memoir, I have learned more about myself, um, in terms of like my work ethic and my rhythms and some hacks that I've invented for myself to get me to do things and get them done. And one of those things I found is like, if I give myself short term assignments rather than one just big project, all of a sudden it's a game changer and I can do it, you know, which I think is true for most people. But there's an, there's a science to that, you know, of like learning how to craft, a short-term target or goal that's in league with or in line with the bigger picture like project you want to accomplish. And so when it comes to writing a memoir, right, like my life story, not to be dramatic, but literally, uh, the idea of writing that book is overwhelming. But if I break it down, it's a whole lot more achievable and a lot more fun for me. And I think I do a better job. 
and I'm going to take a detour real quick um, <laughs> and kind of acknowledge that I've already tested this theory in a, on a different project and I found it, it to be absolutely like doable. So um, I want to just mention this here just because it's in the, in the realm of writing books. And so there's another project that I've been working on. I think I might have mentioned it somewhere other, like in some other space um, that I, you know, publish my voice. God. Um, so in 2022, I was like trying to envision or dream up like a way to get my house. So my sister and brother-in-law, my buddy Marcus, the four of us lived together, right, with my niece and nephew in this beautiful house north of Nashville. Um, it's been such a really it's such, been such a cool, beautiful season. Painful, difficult, um, unique, but also beautiful and heart, what? Um, fulfilling and like heart, heart, what? Why is this word heart coming up? Heartwarming? <laughs> uh, anyway, 2022, we were kind of distant a little bit as a house. Like I, we weren't, we kind of fell out of rhythm with each other and we're all kind of just living our own lives and like bumping into each other, if you will. And we had some like scheduled things in our schedule every week that we did together, but it started to feel kind of rote or like performative. And so I was like, I want to find some natural or organic way to get us together. That's fun. Um, and so I got inspired and decided to create slash invent a board game <laughs> naturally. So I did that. And the whole point of the, the board game was one, to give us something that we all had in common that we would play together that was ongoing. But then two, I wanted to also incentivize productivity slash like good life choices, especially as it pertained to our lifestyles. So like working out or drinking water or connecting with loved ones or whatever. Like, um, so it, this game kind of incentivized doing those real life tasks in our lives and we got credit in the game. And the nature of the game is probably a combination of Dungeons and Dragons and Monopoly. <laughs> I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but from what I understand about that, I think that's appropriate. And so anyway, we played it and it was super fun for a while. Marcus wasn't a huge fan of it. Marcus has like a very specific way that he engages with games in general and plays a lot of games. And so I think he probably came in with a very particular palette that, you know, my maybe unrefined game designing skills just didn't quite measure up to what he wanted. Or, or maybe there are ways that the game played that he just didn't like. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but it was like clunky. So eventually Marcus opted out of the game side, but here's where this is all going. I wrote an entry, like, like an initial story line to just kind of get them bought into their characters and set the world. And when I did that, the story that I wrote was probably a page or two. Um, and I felt compelled. I was like, this story actually writes itself. There's more to this. And it was a fantasy fiction like thing I made up. Um, and so I went back to that and I was like, I think there's more here. So I expanded on that story and found there was so much I wanted to do. It was so much fun and play for me. And so 2023 rolled around, the beginning of 2023, and I went to a church service. Like we all went to a church service together that, um, of a progressive church downtown. And I, like they did this end of the year recap thing, just kind of helping people process and find closure for the year. And then vision casting for 2023, which is so cheesy, right? Like churches often did that. But for whatever reason, this time it wasn't cheesy. I was actually just aware that I needed it. It was like helpful. So I leaned in. I was like, some of this does feel clunky and cheesy, but I want to like pull from this if it could be beneficial. Because, you know, my mental health was like somewhat suffering after last year, uh, after 2022, because yeah, it was like a tough year coming out and all that chaos. And so and I, some personal things just kind of got lost in the 
in the mix of all that. So I was like, yeah, I could really use some recentering and some vision for 2023. So they were like, think of a word that feels like, you know, what's, I don't remember what, what the verbiage was, but basically like, what's your word for the year? And I think I've always resented those constructs, but um, I let it kind of flow and I found five words. Um, one of them was storytelling, one of them was play, one of them was recreation. It was like that kind of a thing. And so I was like playful storytelling, right? was kind of the word that I took away from that thing. And it felt meaningful. I'm like, I, this matters to me. I want to embrace this. I want to like lean in and let this become weighty in my priorities and you know, how I show up in 2023. So I committed, I was like, okay, I'm going to write this fantasy fiction. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to write it. Um, but I also knew I'm going to need some accountability. I don't know if I'm going to do this by myself. I don't even know how to map out writing a fantasy fiction. I'd never done something like this before. So I ended up this is a whole journey I'm telling you about. Um, but this matters to me, so hey, welcome to my life. I ended up um, launching a writer's group with NUMA, basically inviting other people out there who also had projects they wanted to work on, you know, whether it was like poetry, poetry, blogging, f- fiction, whatever, nonfiction. Like, I was like, I just need some other people who are going to hold me accountable to writing targets I want to, you know, hit. I would love some feedback on the writing that I'm doing. Um, I would love to just be able to process the emotional journey of going through the ups and downs of doing something new like this, especially something as long lasting as a project like a book. And thankfully there were other people in the world who cared about that and wanted it, so they jumped in. So I guess while I'm here, shameless plug, that group is gonna continue because it's been an outrageous success. Um, so if you're a writer and you and it would be helpful for you to have other people hold you accountable, give you feedback on your writing, um, hear your process, both intellectual and emotional, and share theirs, support and encourage and affirm you as a writer in the midst of doing it on a weekly basis, like getting to check in and have this group of support, and doing some writing prompts together to just keep exercising our writing muscles and developing some new skills there, then this group is for you and you should absolutely join it. So you can check out um, that group with a link in the show notes below. The writer's group. (laughs) Anyway, so I started that group and it was so helpful and it brought structure and consistency and accountability and community around the writing project. And I have, to the recording of this episode, I think I've, I've written like up to 90 something, almost 100,000 words of my fantasy fiction. <laughs> Which, I'm like, what? How did that happen? You know, like the year passes anyway, you might as well commit to some projects and get them done. And so I'm so glad that at the beginning of 2023, I leaned in and said yes. And I'm so glad I created the structure and environment that I needed to, to propel me, to spur me forward, to keep me going. So the writer's group, the smaller targets. I also have my house, um, we would do table reads every once in a while. And they like love it because their character, they each have a character that's like based off of them in the story I'm writing. So they read for that character when there are lines, which is so nerdy and like juvenile and we love it. Um, it's play. You know what I mean? Like there's, there, I don't know that this needs to be shamed. Anyway, so um, I just like thankfully was able to cultivate some environments and atmospheres that supported me writing this and encouraged me and inspired me to want to keep going or the opposite sometimes. <laughs> We've had a couple of table reads where I'm like, oh, that was deflating for me. Um, but I have definitely evolved as a writer. I've discovered ways that I, my writing is weak, uh, things that I didn't see before about how I tried to tell stories or ways that I didn't know how to narrate, you know, and it's been so helpful to like get the feedback and just even see my own work stepping out of it. Um, anyway, God, so that happened. Um, 
And so from that process and just learning how I paced myself and figuring out how to help me be productive in writing my fiction novel, I was like, okay, I get some framework and rhythm here. I want to be a little bit more structured and intentional with my memoir going into 2024. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. And then I guess this is another going to, this is going to be another shameless plug. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do this. This is great. Um, so in 2024, I'm going to launch for the first time a Substack subscription. So for those of you who don't know, Substack is a writing platform, like a newsletter service online. Um, I think there are a few different kinds of services like this out there, but Substack is one of the bigger ones now at this point. Um, basically you can, um, for people who have newsletters and they send them out every week, which I do, it's called the Numa Note. Um, you could do that here for free, which is amazing because I literally right now pay 200 bucks a month for the software I use to email my email list. And I'm thinking like, what? That's ridiculous. And the founder of Substack was like, was in the same literal same position and was like, why am I paying to you know provide all this value to people? They should be paying me was his thought. So he created Substack and like kept doing his email for free, but then offered, you know, more value and deeper dives into the writing he was doing. And then those were gated by a paywall as a subscription for people who genuinely cared about his writing and were benefiting from his work. They could support him, right? And so that's how Substack was born. And I'm like, I love that. I believe in it. That's so beautiful and helpful. And so in line with my own process and journey, I would love to stop paying 200 bucks a month to send emails to people. God. And like, yeah, if that, if the readers who are getting such value out of this could actually, you know, in little amounts contribute to my work and financially support me, that feels like an equitable exchange. And I love that. So in January, I'm going to launch my Substack. So I'll send my weekly newsletter email, the Numa note for free from there anyway, but then have a subscription for my memoir. So I will release a new episode every week in 2024. Um, starting with my Heartstopper era and then going into, you know, however far into the seasons we get for the year. And so people can subscribe. And I wanted to do it for four bucks a month, but I found out in the software yesterday that you, it has to be a minimum of $5. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal was with that, but, um, or maybe the way that I don't really understand how that worked, but it wouldn't let me move forward <laughs> at four bucks a month. So I bumped it to six because five is a weird number marketing wise. Um, that's arbitrary. Anyway, so for six bucks a month, people are going to get access to these weekly episodes I'm going to release, um, expanding on these memoir first person narratives that I've released some of those on social media in the past and they've, they were very well received. And so now I'm going to go back into them, pull them, like go deeper into them, expand them, group them, tell more stories, create more episodes to connect them. I think it's gonna be a really fun project, but I'm also excited about inviting readers to come along with me where they can give me feedback. They can celebrate, they can critique, they can, you know, make requests. Like, I think I love the idea of there being like this community relationship where we're having a dialogue around this project that I'm working on. And I think the, the value is there. I think that as a writer, I think I've got some decent skill. I'm a pretty good storyteller. And I think my story is like worth telling. And I know probably everybody feels that way. <laughs> um, but I can't help but feel like, you know, these stories are unique and also so relatable in their uniqueness. Um, so I'm excited for that project. So again, like another plug, if you want to join my Substack, there's a waiting list available and it'll officially launch at the end of December so that we're ready to go by January 1st. Um, so that link is available below the show notes of this episode if you want to opt into that. And I hope that you would. Um, 
And another note on this, I went to a, what do you call it? <laughs> I've been heard it described as the Woodstock for progressive Christians in 2023. Uh, it's called Wild Goose, a festival that happens in North Carolina. Once a year, like a camping, just conference type festival. Uh, and I spoke at it a couple times this year. And anyway, I met Brian McLaren for the first time, who's kind of like the godfather of deconstruction today. Um, so was, and I'd already read one of his books and it had changed my life and so impacted my team. So I like, had to go up to him and say hi and introduce myself. We chatted for like 20 minutes and he was like, are you writing a book about any of this? I'm like, oh, I mean, like maybe. He's like, well, this is, this is a story that hasn't been told before and you should write it. I'm like, oh God, thanks. And he's an author of like many books, right? So like I appreciated his input, um, especially in the industry that he's in and the niche that we share. I'm like, that's really helpful feedback. So anyway, God, all that to say, like, I'm going to write a memoir in 2024. Um, I was talking to my book club this morning and it came up that like <laughs> somebody said that I'm a slut for the new year. And I was like, you're right. If I'm a slut for anything, it's for new year's resolutions. I am obsessed with the new years. I'm going to try not to lose my mind just bringing that up right now, but I don't know what it is. I just get so excited about like new beginnings, fresh starts, vision for a limited amount of time and getting to like dream of targets or goals that you want to accomplish, achievements you want to hit, you know, like I love it. Just the energy of like creating, believing, envisioning, hoping, dreaming is so much fun for me. And so, and then when you actually follow through on those things and you get to come back to that space at the end of the year and look at what you accomplish, it's so much fun. Oh, so while I'm here, another shameless plug. Okay, we should probably call this episode shameless plug. But um, because of my New Year's slut status, God, is that really derogatory and inappropriate? I do a goal-setting workshop at the beginning of every year. Um, I've done it for a few years now, and I'm going to do it again this year. I think this time it'll be a little different. Um, but basically, just like I do a hour, hour and a half workshop with people and kind of like help set some like framework and vision and practically like put together a goal statement and like what do you want to see happen this year and what's most important to you and what are you committed to like that kind of thing and I just kind of help facilitate a process and it's so much fun and people from the years prior get to share like how this goal setting workshop set them up for success and the things they accomplish and so it's kind of like a developed its own momentum so anyway I'm gonna do that again so if you want to check that out by all means, the link to register for that is going to be below the show notes as well. So you can join me for the goal setting workshop. And so all that to say, one of my goals for 2023 is to write this memoir at the very least, have season one and two finished before 2024 finishes. And so in my sub stack, we'll have gone through season one and two of my memoir, um, having these episodes released once a week. So that's fun. And I, the thing is like that limited once a week kind of pace and targeting just feels helpful instead of me getting buried by write a book. Um, it gets to be that. So yeah, I just wanted to take a, an episode to kind of verbally share some of this, acknowledge that this is coming, invite you into being part of that journey with me. I hope you'll join me. Um, that's, I'm not going to really be sharing those stories elsewhere. It'll just be exclusively to my Substack subscription group. But I want people there. I want you guys to chime in. I want your input. I want your, you to experience it. Um, but I, yeah, it's going to be a, a focused passion project of mine. And I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, okay. Um, so as while well, I'm here, like, also I want to acknowledge like the descent of the season. Season three of my podcast. We're going to like kind of land in a finale here. 
uh, in an episode or two. Um, and then I'll take a break for a couple weeks, like through the holiday season, and then we'll kick it off with season four in the new year. But um, yeah, so I've got a more of a recap episode coming up that I am looking forward to, like just looking at the year, both with the podcast and in my life, um, just things that have happened here that I would like to share in this space. Um, so I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being here, for listening to my podcast. Um, I see the plays, I see the listens, I see the downloads and the things like, so thank you for valuing this space and for doing that. If you as a podcast listener have any requests, whether there are certain subjects you'd like me specifically to tackle, or if there are certain people you would like me to have onto the podcast, I am open to those requests slash suggestions. So please let me know. If you want to DM me on Instagram, that's a great way to get a hold of me. You can also email me at contact at mikemayashiro.com. Um, I'm very responsive to those spaces. So yeah, if you have anything you want to communicate to me about my podcast and what's coming up here, I would love your feedback. Um, I think feedback is a love language of mine at this point, uh, for what it's worth. So anyway, thanks for being here. Um, and I'll see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to dive deeper, check out MikeMayashiro.com.